Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, here we go. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. My pick of the week. Not Rudo, so I'm sure it won't be as good or it won't, it won't be a deadlock like it usually is with Rudo. Uh, but I'm actually going to keep it here in the NHL. Uh, and I'm going to kind of stick with the theme of what today's show is going to be. You know, we're going to be looking around the league, uh, talking about this uh, Rangers Lightning series. <clears throat> I'm going to take for game, uh, game six, I'm going to take the under. The line is set at five, and they haven't gone over in a game since game one. We're getting into Andre Vasilevsky, lock it down, close out a series territory. Uh, so you can get under five for game six, Tampa Bay, New York at plus 110. So we've got positive money uh, on a line that they haven't gone over in four games. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, so head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, download the app, use promo code DNVR, bet on all kinds of stuff. You got the NBA finals going on. Uh, you have the. Um, MLL? NLL. Uh, is it NL? Because there's NLL and then there's which? Because NLL is outdoor. Mm-mm. You got it backwards. I have it backwards. Mm-hmm. NLL finals are going on. The Colorado Mammoth are there. Um, you got all kinds of stuff you can bet on. Is F1 on here, AJ? Uh, on DraftKings? Yes. Yeah. F1. Some, I mean, the odds for some of that stuff is crazy. Um, Every once in a while, I like to fire off a bet about which team is going to retire first. Oh, yeah, right there. <laughs> so There you go. Uh, get the CFL on here. There's nothing you can't bet on. Uh, head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook or download the app. I am your host for today, Jesse Montano, joined by AJ Hayfley. Uh, no Rudo, no no Megan today. We're uh, we're into a week here where we everyone yep. needs a day off. We're we're kind of getting some, some <clears throat> rotating is, in. Megan is out stashing uh, knives and bushes around the city. All right, hell yeah! I'm not. I I don't know. Is that do I? Am I not? Oh, you didn't watch yesterday's show. She uh, she talked yesterday about popping out of the bushes to defend Pavel Francos and everybody oh, oh. was talking shit. All right, so, well, perfect. So, so we're into the show already because now we're yeah. going to go down this road. She's uh, she's she's uh, she's doing that, and then uh, Rudo is just chilling. I, yeah, I imagine which, he's probably still asleep. Good, good. Uh, so we were at, I just left practice. Just got back from uh, family sports. I'm like seven mm. minutes from family sports, so elite practice facility. Um, even without end. even without Lollipop Park anymore, it's still elite. 
<laughs> hey, so they actually, they finally got uh, that whole training area open now. Yeah, the uh, uh, our homies over at LaCroix Hockey. Yep. So it's been, it's been like almost done for this whole season. But when I actually walked in there yesterday, like it's full go. They had like a, a camp going on, you know, weight room and uh, all that stuff. So that is nice to see, you know, if they did even just do something like that and just, yeah, that's, that's a summer show. Uh, Actually, we we are going to circle back to that. We have just kind of a free flowing show for you guys today. We're going to get into what's going on around the league. We're going to talk about, there's, there's a huge coaching carousel going on. There's a couple big names that have kind of thrown a wrench into it. We're talking uh, a fourth of the NHL is looking for a head coach right now. Right, a fifth of right. the NHL. And we're going to get into the Tampa Bay, uh, New York series a little bit, just kind of with the haps from last night. Maybe touch on a couple of the teams that have been eliminated. We may look ahead to some draft and free agency stuff. Uh, yeah. So we're going to kind of be all over the place today. Let me wrap up this thought on Pablo Francois. So he came out and talked today. And, dude, he's just like the nicest guy. Yeah. So unassuming looking. Uh, you'd never guess that this guy's a pro. Like he, he walked out of that room and, and like, we were laughing. It's like that guy just won four games in the Western conference final. And if you just like lined up pro athletes and like, he, he would be the last one you would pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dude, I mean, just like, you know, I was talking about it, uh, with a couple guys who have, who've been around, they, you know, they've been around a lot of, um, pro athletes and, and, and stuff like that. And they were saying, like, you can genuinely tell Pavel Francouz and Darcy Kemper actually, like, want the best for the other person and actually support them and really do just kind of see it as, hey, whoever's playing, great. You know, we'll we'll jump in there and, and be supportive and be happy and be ready. But, like, yeah, they're, they're like, not actually. It's not cutthroat, man. It's two guys right. who, are, who are lifting each other up and – I think that they've had a pretty good like I don't think it was I don't think it was in any way bad with Grubauer of course. No. <clears throat> but I do think that that's just part of the <clears throat> again just part of the culture. <clears throat> yeah. That that the team has kind of established over the last few years is that they they're there they're there to play for each other. They're there to accomplish something together. And whatever they are able to uh, contribute to that run, they're, they want to do. You know, athletes always want to be a part of it, of course. But, you know, whatever, right. whatever, they, whatever they're asked to do, they're willing to. And I think that that's a big reason why they are where they are right now. I agree. And it was just, uh, it, it was really cool to see because, you know, we heard from Darcy yesterday and a lot of people asked him about Francois and... <laughs> Um, yeah, just kind of same thing. So that's just kind of my small little thing on, uh, on, on Pavel, but I, so let's talk about, uh, practice facility. Now we brought it up. I don't think, uh, we're talking about enough and I'm sure we will get into it more, uh, once we get into the off season, but everyone, Avs fans need to be keeping an eye on what's going on with the Broncos here. Uh, I've talked to some folks and, and also you don't have to talk to anybody to kind of put the puzzle pieces together here. 
Stan Kroenke has talked about for how long, AJ? They, they are directly involved with the Elitches. If they aren't the 100% owner, they are the majority owner in Elitch Gardens Amusement Park right next to Ballerina. They've been talking about, for years, you've been hearing the rumors about them tearing it down and, and redoing it with um, kind of like what they did at McGregor Square for Coors Field. Shops, restaurants, bars, um, living, office, you know, living spaces, hotels. And at the, as part of it would be a new practice facility for both abs and nuggets. Um, <clears throat> there's been complications with money and uh, development and moving elitches and all that stuff. Well, now uh, another Walton has come to town and purchased the Denver Broncos. And what was one of the first things that was talked about in uh, who was it? I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, but the Broncos held a press conference, and one of the first things they mentioned was redeveloping downtown. And uh, Joe Ellis, it was Joe Ellis who mentioned that. Stan Kroenke, Josh Kroenke have talked about redeveloping downtown. A proposal was just made public about what they were going to do with that space, and they said it would expand downtown by 40%. I think there's a chance that part of the reason why the Waltons are wanting to get involved involved with the Broncos because they kind of already have an in with the abs. Stan Kroenke has tried to buy the nuggets or the Broncos several times. This may kind of be a step towards seeing all of that getting developed and that area between ball arena and empower field over the next 10, 15 years, just completely getting redone to accommodate abs nuggets Broncos. It's just interesting. We'll see. Um, the problem, the, our frustration is that in the meantime, the Nuggets or Abs are left out in the cold because the Cronkies aren't going to do something temporary. They viewed the setup that they're in right now as temporary, but we're going on. The Abs have been there since the 90s. <laughs> yeah. The, the Nuggets, when they first built Pepsi Center uh, and put that practice facility in there, it was a state of the art for 2001. You're twenty. You're twenty years later, and you're you haven't done it. You haven't done enough, uh, and so they are viewing it as temporary because they have this big redevelopment project that they're working on, that they're hoping is done by 2040, and great by 2040. Yo, it could be amazing, uh, but neat. It doesn't do anything for now, and both of your teams, who are in championship windows, by the way, are in outdated facilities and not on television. So it's like, great. I understand that you guys are real estate guys, but can you guys get something together, please? Yeah. The, the TV one is one that will not be affected by what the Broncos are doing. Um, and I don't know, has it been like Josh Kroenke gets up and does the press conference a couple weeks ago. His first presser in like six years. Yeah. And mentions uh, how altitude's operating at this massive loss. Did you get the sense at all by that, AJ, that they were like bothered by that or in in a mood to to make it change anytime soon? I no, I don't think. I think they're fine. I <clears throat> I I just don't think they care, man. So it's we didn't we didn't really get into the Josh Kroenke presser because. 
you know, it was it was about the Nuggets, but also like everything that that would have that was relevant to the Abs we've heard before. So it just doesn't matter that much. Yeah, and honestly, I, I don't. So so here's the thing, you know, the question right there in the chat. Updates have been made to Ball Arena. Yeah, like they have updated a, it. There's they they own that, so they have a vested interest in making it nice. Yeah. Uh, and so they continue to upgrade that, but uh, it's the other things mm-hmm. that they would have to they would have to invest in that they just don't seem very interested in. Well, and like the the locker room, like yeah, they've technically kind of refreshed it, but the bones are all still the same. Yeah. There, there's just some things that like none of none of what the Abs have in the Nuggets, none of it is bad. None of it's like, I can't believe this is what you use. It's just like, <sighs> come on. Yeah. You know, in terms of like facilities. And yeah. We don't have to spend too much time here, but I just, this is something that I've been kind of keeping an eye on since the Walton's name kind of came up. Cause I do think them and the Cronkies will get together on, on redeveloping a lot of this area. So you hope and that's, and that's great. Like that's, I'm really excited for that project to be done in 20 years, but in the meantime, it doesn't do anything. Well, we'll see. I mean, 20 years is when it's finished. We'll see what happens, but you hope it's a step in the right direction. Um, coaching or game last night. What do you want to get to do first? Well, uh, get me the game last night. So, uh, Tim Bay Lightning win three to one slow. Um, that was one thing I was talking about with someone when we were watching game three, I believe it was, um, of, of Tampa, New York, man, you just go from watching Colorado Edmonton to, um, Tampa Bay, New York. And I think slow is a great word to use. Yeah, I mean they just they just play a slower pace, uh, and like Colorado Edmonton was that was an absurd pace to play at. It was frenetic the entire time, uh, and neither team like neither team wanted to really like you wanted to slow the other team down, but you don't want to slow the game down because both of those teams are at their best playing with pace. So they were just I I think those were. I think Edmonton and Colorado were two teams that brought out the worst in each other uh, in, in terms of like, they want to get out and go. They want to get out and do that, but it also opens up your, your structure is a lot harder to, to stay true to when you're getting up and down that fast. Yeah. Uh, and I, I couldn't remember. I was actually going through uh, the last couple years worth of postseasons trying to remember a conference final or a final that was as fast as that was uh, because usually the thing, you know, it's, it's defense, it's structure, it's right. being heavy, you know, Dallas, Montreal, the Islanders, those are all teams that have been in, in the, the, the conference finals or cup finals the last three years, you know, the, uh, so it's like the last, I guess the last two years um, before this year. And so to have Colorado Edmonton, it just, stuck out like a sore thumb for postseason hockey where you're just like my god these two teams are just up and down and then you go back and you watch rangers lightning and i'm like i'm like looking at i'm I'm watching that game and i'm like this is really slow and 
Z gives me a hard time. She's like, look, just because it's not Colorado, you know, doesn't mean it's boring. And I'm like, they've had three shots on goal in nine minutes. Right. And the pace did pick up starting at the, in the second period, it did pick up, but my goodness, the way that that game was played where you're like, the Rangers had like one scoring chance in the first, like period and a half. Mm -hmm. The first goal that each team scores is kind of nonsensey. We were just like, that's all right. Well, it's it's funny because like <clears throat> Colorado Edmonton. I don't know, like do you think it maybe kind of reinforced what we had talked about a lot with Edmonton, where it's just like this is a really fun, exciting team, but this just doesn't feel like a like a real true deep playoff team. And I think yeah. we kind of saw that in game four where I was talking uh, again, just, just with some people as we were sitting there waiting for the third period to start. And I was saying, I was like, this is going to be really interesting because Edmonton doesn't have the shut it down gear. Yeah. Doesn't have the, we're two goals up, just lock it down and let's get out of here. Yeah. We were saying like, they're going to have to try to just keep scoring. That's their mm -hmm. defense is keep scoring to extend the lead. And when they do that, the Avs are sitting there like, cool, we'll, we'll play that game. We trust that we can outscore you. Yeah. And, but like you saw it in game two and a little bit in game three, like the Avs have that ability to shut it down. Yeah. While still playing with pace and pushing it up the ice. It's just funny yeah. looking in that Tampa Bay, New York series. It kind of looks like the teams have to pick one or the other, the similar, similar, to the way that Edmonton did, where it's like, are you going to play defense or are you going to push the pace? As where the abs are one of the teams that I feel like have the ability to do both simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think separates Colorado is that defensively they're great. Uh, when they're at their best, they're great. Uh, maybe even elite. Um, but when they are, even when they're struggling, they can be effective in their own zone. Mm -hmm. but they offensively when they're going well man they just they just make life miserable and you look at the rangers and the lightning and those are two teams that want to play east west a lot yeah they 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 will move up the ice as needed but they aren't pushing the pace the same way uh tampa bay it's funny because tampa bay's had that like reputation that like oh my god this high skill super yeah. fun to watch but they're super grindy they're really comfortable getting into uh, yep. in, into that kind of a game the muck and grind the chip and chase kind of thing uh they don't really do much in transition the way that you would think given some of the talent on hand uh it's a lot of it's a lot of cycle it's a lot of east west and the rangers are the rangers are pretty similar so um i'm i don't know i'm I I don't I don't I, you know we'll get into series previews and predictions and all that stuff yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah. But watching them, I I'm I'm just curious how each each team is going to handle the adjustment because Colorado's going to have they're going to have to play with tip top structure, uh, mm -hmm. which they have not oh, yeah. had to play with consistently against the teams out west, and then. Uh, those teams are going to have to figure out how to handle Colorado's pace. And if they ever get into a game where Colorado's a game is, is hitting. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know if either one of those teams at this point uh, is going to is going to keep up outside of the the one thing being exceptional goaltending that can right. always be the great equalizer. Well, I mean, I think I think we've talked about it on a couple different shows. We've mentioned it a couple times, and like honestly, man, I I wholeheartedly believe this. <clears throat> Nobody's at a hundred percent this time of year, but if you are just comparing every team's, like you said, a game, everybody that's left, every team's a game, forget even everybody that's left, everyone that was in the playoffs. I just don't think, I just don't think there's any team whose a game is where the abs a game is at. Now you have to play it. You have to get there. But if they get there, I just watching this Tampa New York series, those are two very good teams. It mm-hmm. is going to be a tough final. It's going to be such a fun final regardless. I, I just – I really do feel that way, that if, if you get everybody's A game on a single night, I just don't know if there's anybody that stacks up to the abs. Right yeah, now. If, they're, if you're getting an A game from Colorado, you're also getting an A game from Darcy Kemper. And right. if you're getting that A game from, from everybody, uh, I do feel like they are the best team, um, certainly, that's left. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which was all that really matters. I feel like, it, it, hey, you're not going to get an A game every single night, but if you do, that's a that's a dub. You're walking out of there with a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel you, if you feel pretty good. Because if you don't, it's that game five last year against Vegas where you played a great hockey game <laughs> and lost. Right, and that's hard to come back from. For sure, <clears throat> it's it's exciting, man. As as we're getting kind of closer here. Um, to the end of that series, Tampa's up three to two now after last night. Do do you think Tampa ends up closing it out? Yeah, I mean, I've I have uh, I have talked uh, I don't know a bit now that you just not betting against them at this point. So yeah, I'm good. Yeah, um, and I don't know, like either of those teams, I, I really don't think the Avs care who it is. I don't really think either you or I think I it really care. matters. Um, I they each have interesting storylines. Uh, yeah. They each have. Oh, what's this email that we just got? <laughs> oh, okay. You're scaring me. Uh, no, it's just the schedule for the cup final. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, I'm like frantically refreshing all my. No, 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 no. no. Oh it's God. just, it's just the schedule for the cup final. Um, they, uh, if Tampa Bay wins game six, it starts on the 15th. If the Rangers push it to uh, seven, seven the then it starts on the 18th. But regardless, a game 6 will be PM played. starts. A game will be played on the 18th. So game one would be Wednesday and then game two would be Saturday or game one is Saturday and then game two is the following Monday. So, okay. so there we go. And it's, Breaking and it's news. every, it's every other day after that, uh, after the 18th, yeah. it's every other day. Yeah. Uh, all starts are at 8 PM Eastern ending uh, game seven would either be June 28th or June 30th. Let's hope for the 28th. Uh, or let's really just hope for no game seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Z flies in in the middle of Game Seven on the thirtieth, and I don't really want to have to deal with the stress of that. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. So we're either running the 15th through the 28th or the 18th through the 30th. Yep. Um, All right. Cool. So there it is. Schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as PD, as PD says, Tampa can lull you to sleep and find a way to win. Tampa is the team, like, when we talk about that championship medal and that experience, it shows up most in those close games. Like, they aren't accidentally yep. winning tons of close games. They are really comfortable just being like, well, we won't make the big mistake. Uh, and eventually yep. we'll, our skill will, will get us there and we'll get through. We'll find that goal. They've won how many games in the last five minutes of a third period this postseason? Well, like and, they and just, they just are, they're, they're never overwhelmed by the moment. They're very comfortable in their own skin. They're very comfortable in whatever situation they're in. If it's not their night, they're getting bodied. They know that, Hey, that's fine. Next game exists. Yeah. We'll just come out next game and be better. They just don't let their problems fester. become problems. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, 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 they know, you know, they, they know how to turn the page. Like you said, every game yeah. kind of exists in a vacuum for them. They don't seem to let, you know, we all, we talked about on, on, on the show after game five, <clears throat> Colorado heading into game six against St. Louis. Oh, how is that going to affect them? Credit to the abs because I think they did a great job of moving on in that situation. But like for Tampa Bay, it's not even a question. You're like, oh yeah, they'll they'll have moved on, they'll be fine. Yeah. They're not gonna let this affect us or affect them. And Tampa Bay makes you beat them. They don't they won't beat themselves in a game. You have to come out and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're <clears throat> the Edmonton Oilers in a couple of those games, the abs just kind of let them beat themselves. Game three, Edmonton had all the momentum. Connor McDavid scores, and Evander Kane goes out and takes a five-minute major, takes all the air out of the building. The Avs keep the puck on their stick for five minutes, and it just kind of, talk about lull, like it lulled the building to sleep for the rest of the night. The Avs just let the Oilers beat themselves in that game and took advantage, locked it down. Yeah, the the frustration there is also, or I, not the frustration, the concern that I would have is that even getting in that position, the Avs did plenty of beating themselves to get to, to, get to where they were. You know, you're just handing away breakaways to teams. and Oh, 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 God, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, you're, you're like, dude, you're making this as easy as possible. And you just can't, you, just, you can't, you can't mess with that with Tampa Bay. Because they'll right. just take it and they'll be like, thanks. And then they yeah. won't give it back to you. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's the difference is, you know, we talked about, you know, just a few minutes ago, heading into the third in game four against Edmonton. You're like, well, you know, you'll get your looks. Yeah, of course. It's Edmonton. They suck defensively. You don't, you don't know that you'll get any looks if you're going into a third period against Tampa Bay down two goals. You, you may not get a look the rest of the game. Um. So it's it's going to be fun, man. The last thing I'll say, and then we can we can kind of move on to the coaching and just some of the other stuff going on around the league. There is part of me that like I it really I really am hoping it's Tampa because this would be the first final we've gotten in quite a few years where I feel like it'd be a true a true best on best. It's a toss up. Going back to the beginning of the regular season, these are the two teams that everyone kind of thought would be here. We've had some like fluky runs in the last few years and they've all been fun. But like if it's Tampa, this will be by a mile, by a mile, 
Yeah. On paper, the toughest Stanley Cup final matchup that they have had so far. Yeah. I, I look at their last couple of years worth of runs, and their runs got easier. Yeah. Easier uh, as they went, just in terms of like the teams. You know, and this year you look at it, and Toronto, they're, that was a whale of a test, man. Yep. Yep. And yeah, like I said, I, I don't really think I have a preference either way. Um, New York makes me nervous. They have a little bit of that like team of destiny. Yeah, and when was the last team of destiny that actually won it in the cup final? LA. Because we, we talked about that shit. Yeah, what was that, 2014? Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of my point. Well, is that... 2012 was their like team of destiny run. So, okay. So yeah, it's they just they just don't like Dallas and Montreal had those things too, and then they got to the cup final and you're like, Oh, they got beat <laughs> down. Okay. Yeah. No, so uh either way it'll be interesting. Either way it'll be a great matchup, fun storylines. Um it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a blast, man. I'm anxious to see who uh who comes out of there. Any yeah. any last things on Tampa, New York? No. Perfect. Uh as always, I want to remind you guys, this is the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, also brought to you guys by our great friends over at Ivaca TV. Obviously, if you weren't able to watch the Nuggets, Abs, Rapids, Mammoth uh, all year, now you can get them all with Ivaca. Ivaca is a totally new approach to TV programming. Uh, it's less expensive, easier to watch, offers a better picture. Uh, it's got all kinds of national channels, but above all else, it does have altitude. Uh, and they just added AT&T Sportsnet. So now you've got abs, you've got nuggets, you've got rapids, mammoth, Rockies, uh, DU Pioneers, you've got CU, CSU. You've got it all covered. Uh, they're growing constantly. They're always adding new channels, including one of their newest channels, the DNVR channel. So if you have a Vodka TV, you don't even have to come on here to find us anymore. You can just flip right over to the DNVR channel. We are actually live on there right now. Um, Service available in Denver, Colorado Springs. And again, all of this has to come back to say they have altitude sports. Uh, don't miss out going into next season. Make sure you get it taken care of. Go on over to evoca.tv slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR. Uh, use the promo code DNVR. You'll get $10 off your first three months. So that makes it only $15 a month for your first three months plus the receiver. No contracts, no hidden fees. Uh, just just a great TV service that offers Altitude Sports for $25 a month. Again, evoca.tv slash DNVR. Also brought to you guys today by our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery is the hometown craft beer of your Colorado Avalanche. And uh, they're celebrating this historic winning season with the people who have supported this community through a challenging year by gifting abs tickets to a pair of community stars to each home game during the playoffs. And that includes these Stanley Cup finals. Uh, Breckridge Brewery is inviting you to go to their website, nominate a stellar community member, uh, an abs fan who should get the chance to celebrate at a Stanley Cup final game, go to uh, breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avalanche playoff game. 
Uh, look, I don't know of anyone else that is just giving out free tickets to the Stanley Cup final. If you've been in the uh, uh, aftermarket, on any of the aftermarket websites, uh, you will see that the ticket prices are up there. They're crazy. So go nominate someone who you think deserves to uh, get to one of these games, see him in person, uh, and uh, Breckenridge Brewery. Head on over there. Uh, second period here, DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Jesse Montano joined by AJ Hayfley. Getting caught up on some of the stuff going on around the league. We've got some time off, so we may do a couple uh, of these uh, of these pods. Um, yeah, if it ends up being week. the 18th, then we'll have a few of these things. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a few where it's just like let's because I I made the joke to. Uh, AJ, we were talking in our like little group chat yesterday, and Rudo was like, "Hey, we need to start deciding draft coverage." And da 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 da. And in my head, when I first saw it, I was like, "What are you guys talking about? The draft is like a ways away. We can deal with that when playoffs are over." But then I realized we are deep enough into the playoffs that once playoffs are over, the draft is like five days later. Yeah, if uh, if it goes, if it starts on the 18th and it goes Game Seven and ends on the 30th, it will be. The next weekend is the draft. Yeah. It's just because even <laughs> even the Avs making these uh, second round runs, like you do playoff stuff for a while, a month. Mm-hmm. And then you get done and you've got multiple weeks to kind of get through. You start some of the draft stuff and then you kind of get into all your like hardcore draft coverage. Mm-hmm. We're, we're there, dude. Like, it's... Yeah. We, we, we just got we the essentially, final schedule. We essentially won't have draft coverage this year for the Av stuff. Yeah. Um, Like, there will be no, like, big previews or mock drafts or any of the stuff that we normally do. Um, We're not going to do any player interviews or any of that stuff because they don't pick until the third round. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's a chance that Rudo and I are going to go to Phoenix to hang out with Petey um, for the big draft party that they're going to have because this matters a lot to Arizona. Very much. But not so much for us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, so, uh, you know, see. We'll, yeah, we'll see how that goes. That's It's an interesting draft year, too, because it went from Shane Wright, Shane Wright, Shane Wright to... Is Logan Cooley going first overall? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's, well, and then it's going to be – these drafts are always interesting when you are a year out from a really watched draft, from a draft that yeah. a lot of people have their eye on. 2023 is – Yeah. It's, it's, it's anticipated in the way that uh, uh, 2015 was with McDavid Eichel because yeah. of uh, – uh, Connor Bedard and uh, Matvey Michkov are, are the the dudes there. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Brad is Brad is forever biased, being homies with Shane, right? So, <laughs> still Shane, damn it. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's going to be interesting, man. Um, just real quick, just since we know we have someone who's friends with him, now that you say that, watching. Where do you think what do you what do you think Shane Wright becomes? Patrice Bergeron. Do you uh, think that you think that's what he does, not what he could do? 
Yeah, I think that's what he does. I think he's wow. he's going to be a really good number one center. He's going to be really good all around number one center. He may not have the highest offensive ceiling, but he'll 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 get you there. Like, it'll be respectable, but he'll be he will be elite defensively uh, in time. So, I think he's really smart. Uh, I, I think his hockey IQ rocks, and I think that he's. I don't know, man. I'm just. I love I love Shane Wright's game. So I, it's been, it's it's n- nothing against a guy like Logan Cooley, but I it, it has blown my mind that there are people out there that want to talk about him as the top guy. Well, when you when you with kids like that, AJ, you know, I know you are a lot more dialed into the prospect circles than I am. But you and I have talked about this. For me, when you're talking about prospects like that, if you if you can start with how smart a player they are, you just feel so much better about them being able to, and I'm not even saying Shane Wright has major shortcomings in, you know, any on ice area. Like you feel better if a player can think the game, you feel better that they will be able to physically get there as we're the other way around where it's like, well, all their tools are right there. Uh, You know, they can shoot, they can skate. But the hockey IQ lacks a little bit. Once they get to the NHL, they'll see, you know, see if they can start figuring it out. And they almost never do. Um, I mean, that's something that we've talked about with Eric Johnson, who, I mean, has been unbelievable in this postseason. Like, I, that's something- I swear your ears had to be burning last night when Rudo and I were talking about <laughs> Owen Power. Because we were talking oh, really? about him. Yeah, we were talking about him as a uh, – we, we both feel like he's got an Eric Johnson-esque career ahead of him. Well, and, and like, that, that not that not always what's been kind of frustrating about EJ is, like, all the tools? And then he just makes a decision where it's like, huh? Again, I'm not, like, he's been, he's been outstanding in these playoffs. But, like, that to me has always been um, where I've been frustrated with EJ. A player like Neil Yakupov. Uh, I, I oh. mean, there's, there's a bunch of guys – we're do- you and I were sitting at that training camp that year. Like, yeah, this this guy's scoring fifty. Like, <laughs> You're watching uh, just just watching the tools, you could see the skating and the one timer and the way that the way that he handled the puck and everything. You're like, oh my god! And then well, and you watching like- him in an NHL game where he has to play within a structure, he has to play within a system, he has to use yep. teammates in a certain way. Got a back check. He has, to, and- he has to be able to process the game at a certain level. Oh my god, man! It was all it was all tools, no toolbox. Well, it dude, was like you, frustrating to watch. You'd watch it, and you mentioned one timers. Like guys would throw one timers like a foot and a half behind him, and he'd pull up, get himself in position. And like, just rip these things. Yeah, yeah. And I seriously remember you and I sitting there, and and he started developing this like weird chemistry with Matthew Shane, and we were like, mm-hmm. of course. But that first day of training camp, we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, yeah. huh, what are we missing that two teams gave up on this guy? Yeah. Holy shit. And, yeah. And even like he even started off the regular season with like four goals in his first two games or three games Dude, or something like I, that. I wrote a whole Yak City uh, article back in the yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, like, it looked like he maybe had the potential to find a little bit of a home, and then it just... Yeah, this is why you don't get excited about the first ten games of the season. Right, right. Neil Yakupov, Joel Colburn, don't do it, say, guys. Joel, Joel Colburn was my next one. Don't uh, do it. <laughs> 
all this to say, like, you, you feel good when a guy like Shane Wright has the between the ears. You know, you, you always feel good that that guy's going to end up being a successful NHLer. Um, AJ, I, I actually don't even know anymore all of the uh, NHL teams looking for coaches. Um, I got them. It is Vegas, Philadelphia, Boston, Dallas, Winnipeg, and Detroit. So there's a couple of teams on there that I think we can just say we just do not care. I don't care who ends up in Detroit. I don't care who ends up in Philadelphia. I might care a little bit about who ends up in Boston because are they rebuilding or are they retool like are they transitioning no. into a different era? Like where are they going? But for the most part, I'm not going to care about Boston. But Winnipeg and Dallas are division rivals and we always care about what happens with Vegas because if they're going to get buried, we want to be first in line to kick dirt on them. Uh, and if they're going to do something great, then, you know, we'll Bro, see. I was drinking out of a wide mouth bottle and you made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, World Series of Darts is crazy. It's nuts. If you've never watched it before, highly recommend going watching high, high level dart play. It is tremendously entertaining. Um, it's awesome but yeah the um well so and do you would you also lump florida into this because they haven't shed the interim tag on andrew brunette yet yeah like florida obviously you have to find a uh, we've got to figure something out um, well and and so i let's actually let's unless did you have any, a direction you were going with this uh, I mean, I was i was gonna skip the eastern teams just because we don't really care that much about what goes on with them Okay. Well, so, well, so I guess, cool. I, I'm with that. Let me just, I'll just tie this in. And I think maybe part of the reason why you have teams like Florida, and I want to say there's one other that's got an interim that hasn't officially dropped the in. Oh, Edmonton. it's Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I listened to their, their post. Uh, I listened to their, their presser um, mm-hmm. in, while standing in line at the post office where I almost got into a fist fight the other day. Uh, if and- there's any place it's going to happen. Dude, it was fucking wild. P.S. <laughs> uh, go to Mattress Firm in Thornton and tell that guy he's a douchebag. <laughs> I know exactly where that Mattress Firm is. It's oh, my the God. The area man. it's in, you're probably right. Yeah, tell that guy he's a douchebag. <laughs> um, he should have just offered me 50 and we could have been done with it. Uh, anyway. Uh, with Edmonton, they're they're bringing back Woodcroft. I would I would bet money that they bring back Woodcroft. So I'm not. I, I'm uh, happy to skip them too. Yeah, well, well, so but but I think the only reason where I'm going this, I think the only reason there's any even uh, moments of pause for it is uh, I got completely distracted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is because there's guys like Barry Trotz like Bruce Cassidy mm-hmm. I mean, out there and available. And, and board Jim Montgomery is, is part of the cycle. Like, so really like Joel Quinville sits out there waiting for somebody to, to make that mistake. Like there is a huge pool of established, like quality candidates, not like your classic retreads of like Paul Maurice types where you're like, okay, this guy's gotten a job for the last 15 years, but what has he done with it? It's a bunch right. of guys. It's a bunch of guys who've been really successful. Yeah, no, it's 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 high end, and like the other thing, throwing a wrinkle into all of this, 
Joel Quinville. Yeah, mentioned him. Yeah, he's he's sitting there. I, I don't. I think there's only a couple of teams that would give him a look well, right now. I think I think Detroit would do it because Steve Eiserman doesn't give a fuck. Like he's exactly the type of dude to be like, I don't care about any of this noise. I'm trying to make my team better. I don't know that it would make sense for Q to go to Detroit because is that the, like, right? He's trying to win now. You know, he's not at the point in his life where he's like, yeah, sure, I'll helm a rebuilding team and <laughs> two years, like middling two years before we're good. Um, Vegas but, is the one that just, and I think they're in other places. They're they're in on other on other guys. But Vegas is the one that I just don't have any. Like you're like, dude, any literally anything could happen with Vegas, and you'd be like, oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's just another one that I don't think I don't think a lot of teams are are super considering Joe Quinville. But like, if if Edmonton wasn't going to bring back Jay Woodcroft, which I'm with you, I'm. Mm fairly certain they would that's the other the other team that i could see being uh a joel quinville suitor yeah um dallas has obviously had the he's been connected to pete DeBoer, um where elliot friedman has talked about they think that that's probably going to happen for me that's a that's a hellscape um yeah that's because I think that that's a between what Dallas has been the last few years and how he coaches teams up. I think that's a great match. Uh, Pete DeBoer, I think, is would make a lot of sense for Dallas and makes them infinitely more frustrating. Um, and you know, you get Jared Bednar's kryptonite in division. Who knows, right? Right. So well, Dallas, Dallas is such a weird team to me too, though, because. I, I really, I think, I think they've got to figure out a little bit of who they are in terms of their personnel on the ice. They're in this really weird kind of like transitionary phase where the the team is being turned over to the new guys, Robertson, uh, yeah. Haskinen, but like your best player was a 38 year old Joe Pavelski. Mm-hmm. Your biggest money is Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, who mm-hmm. both really struggled this year. You're probably losing John Klingberg for nothing. Um, yeah, they've got uh, you got Ryan Suter locked up for multiple years. They've got they've got a lot of they've got a lot of things that we can get into uh, over the summer because they're going to have right. a you know like many teams they've got a lot of questions to to answer. Um, the the big thing is is how do they close the gap and. I think Pete DeBoer is a better coach than Rick Bonus, so I think that that's a good start for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a match that makes a lot of sense. It hasn't been locked down yet, but we'll see. Uh, Barry Trotz in Winnipeg is one that I think everybody should be a little bit nervous about because really? if there's going to be one that I, I mean, Barry Trotz getting that kind of offensive talent and, yeah. and getting blood from the stone of that defense uh, and giving them defense, that kind yeah. of structure. That's with an elite goaltender in place, that's a match. That's a match that makes you a little bit nervous. Of that guy can absolutely get that. You believe that Barry Trotz can get that organization, can get that team to 
play to its level because it was yeah. a huge disappointment last year. Well, he looks like he could coach them to their strengths. That's something that I don't know if if we call out enough about. Well, I guess we, we talk about it. But that Jared Bednar does really well. He understands his group, and he deploys a system that fits his group. And I feel like Barry Trotz could do that with that team in Edmonton, excuse me, Winnipeg, assuming that they don't tear it down. I want to get your thoughts. <laughs> the funny comment about Jay Woodcroft. What do you think of Jay Woodcroft? I, I just, I, I've, I kind of shaped an opinion on him in the last week. And I just, I'd love to hear what you think. He's of... in over his head. I, I completely agree. I don't, I, you know, he did a really good job in Bakersfield and this might have been a really good example of a guy that would have been better served as an assistant for a year or two um, and then getting promoted to the big job, but they had to pull the trigger on something and he did a great job with them. Like he got them into the postseason. They went what 29 and something or whatever with the, I don't know. Edmonton fans were throwing it at me a ton before the start of the series. Like, well, they were the best team in the West in the last 35 games of the season or whatever it was. Have you seen those Edmonton fans who are telling us we knew nothing, by the way? I haven't seen them pop up either. Yeah, they went somewhere else. Um, Interesting. Edmonton. Um, (laughs) They, but with with Woodcroft, man, I just, I was not, I, I thought he got absolutely bodied in that series. Um, I I don't know, man. I I didn't. I I thought he was terrible, and I thought he made he made life easy. Yeah, there were multiple things that he did throughout the series where I was like, "Thank you, that's free." Mm-hmm. Right. Well, no, I I think I think out coached is is a hundred percent the right way to put it. I think in over his head is the right way to put it. He, so he's got like the op optimistic shtick. Where I'm just this ultra positive guy, and we are just nothing but positive around here. Jared Bednar has a bit of that, but you can tell it's genuine because Jared Bednar comes in, and when he doesn't think something went well, he tells you. Yeah, and... Bednar. Bednar's no bullshit, and that's right. I think Bednar's. Where Bednar has separated himself from the other coaches um, that we've spent a little bit of time uh, around, I, I just think that it's Bednar is. We're not here to make excuses. We're here to do a job, and when we don't do that job, we're going to get into why that job wasn't done, and here's yep. how to do the job the next time. And if there are continual failures, like uh, I, I, I don't remember. I obviously I remember this uh, because my life changed that week, but. Uh, when I went to St. Louis to cover the Avs Blues game like two years ago, three years ago, and they lost that game in overtime on the power play because Barry and McKinnon couldn't get their head out of their ass, <laughs> and Ryan O'Reilly scored on a freaking shorthanded breakaway. Oh my God, and I remember, yeah. I remember asking Bedner after that game. He was as angry as I'd ever seen him up to the up to that point. Yeah, and I asked him. I was like, "So, you know, what do you do? What do you say?" And he said. What is there to say? Our best guys are making the same mistakes. These guys are letting us down. We've talked about it. We've gone over this. And he was just at like he was at his end where he was like, I've done my part here. I've yeah. had these conversations. We've had video work. 
We've done this. We've done that. I don't know why these guys can't get it together. Yeah. And then, you know, we found we and we saw what happened when they when they finally started to have 3v3 success. What is it that they did? They broke all their best players up and they put they put all their best players with a really smart player. Mm-hmm. And then went yeah. that and then that was how they kind of worked their way through the overtime issues. But that was the thing with Bedner is that here's our problems, here's how I think we should fix them, and if they aren't fixed, then we got to talk about why. Because this mm-hmm. may just be a bigger problem. And, and, and where there isn't a lot of, there's no blowing smoke up your ass. There's yep. none of that toxic positivity, but there's none of the toxic negativity either. It's, well, we've, we like what this guy does in this area. And we've got to figure this out, got to figure that out. And it's just, it's, it's about solutions. It's not about problems. Right. And, and where his positivity comes in is, and I believe we will fix it. And I know our guys know how to fix this. I know yeah. our guys know how to be better. Absolutely. Like, like really, man, like that Woodcroft, you know, they, they lost four nothing in that, in game two and they got mm-hmm. thoroughly outplayed. Yeah. They got bodied. Dude. They were like, never like, dangerous. They weren't scary. Connor McDavid. You didn't even know played in that game outside nope. of the highlight of Kale McCarr taking the puck away from him. Right. You didn't know that he was in that game. They got bodied. And and Woodcroft before game two, or excuse me, before game three, was doing all this like there's plenty for us to be optimistic about and plenty for us to like from both of those games. And you know, we think that once we get back here, friendly confines, we'll be able to take all those good things and put them to and put them to use. And it's like, did you watch the film? Yeah, and whining about officiating because he did it after both games two and three. He whined yeah. about officiating. Oh, well, there's a disparity in the penalties. Oh, the, the penalties. Oh, the officiating. Oh, oh the refs are killing us. <laughs> okay, bud. Yeah, so uh, I, I just I was just curious as to what – because, again, that is another guy who – I'm with you. I, I expect that they will eventually drop the interim tag, and he will be the guy there. But yeah. um, I'm not as convinced with Brunette in Florida, but it I'm will with be, you, yeah. It'll be – it'll be, uh, you know – It'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they handle that. Uh, uh, the Jets with Trots, if they if it's no Trots and they end up going with Jim Montgomery again, I think Jim Montgomery is the ace in the hole of this market. I think he's a really, really, really good head coach. Who, if he's truly conquered the problems that that lost him, that cost him his job in Dallas, uh, whoever gets that guy is getting a hell of a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, DMVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Also brought to you guys uh, by the great folks over at Lightshade Dispensary. The most important part of this read is if you use promo code DNVR, you get 25% off your entire purchase at Lightshade Dispensary. You don't even have to order online. You can go in, tell them, I'm a DNVR listener. Use that promo code DNVR and they will give you the 25% off right there at the register. You can shop online or visit a light shade near you. Uh, this is Colorado's premier dispensary. Light shade has over 11 convenient locations in the Denver Metro and Aurora uh, locations. And the Barnum location is now open one block off of sixth Avenue and federal Boulevard. It's the biggest light shade store. They've got specialty products that aren't offered at other locations uh, they have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flowers, 
uh, edibles, accessories, anything you not got, anything that you might need. And again, any of our pod, any and all of our podcast listeners get 25% off all non-sale items with code DNVR. Uh, again, you can shop online at lightshade.com or go on in to a Lightshade location and get that 25% off and start enjoying all of the great stuff uh, that they have for you right now today. It's the weekend. It's going to be beautiful all weekend. Uh, head down to Lightshade. Get yourself all set up. Uh, we're also brought to you guys by one of my favorites, Athletic Greens. Uh, this is a product that I really have started uh, using more regularly. I can't say I'm daily, uh, but my fiance is. She uses this stuff every morning when she gets up, uh, takes a drink or takes it has, has a bottle uh, of the Athletic Greens, just one scoop into your water. Uh, they have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Uh, it's a special blend of ingredients that supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Basically just all the things. Uh, uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to take ownership of your over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is the third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Head on over to DraftKings. Use promo code DNVR. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley here. Going to start wrapping it up for the day. Just kind of looking around the league. Uh, let's wrap up a little bit on coaches. I feel like we, we saw a little bit more uh, on, on coaches to talk about here. Okay. Oh, sorry. That, sorry. That was a, I, you were, no. and I thought that was like getting ready for a big, uh, nope. <laughs> uh, so Bruce Cassidy and Barry Trotz were obviously the two, uh, that I don't, I don't think people were expecting. I mean, hell, the Bruins said Bruce Cassidy was safe <clears throat> like 10 days ago. Yeah. The whole thing around Bruce Cassidy feels bad. Mm -hmm. Like what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> like well, that's I mean it's one thing like that's a good that's a good head coach but also uh wave it like you tell him he's good. Right. You're like, "Hey man, come on over for dinner so I can fire your ass when you think that you're good." Like can you imagine like he like drives over there and, do, 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 and he gets there and he's like, "Oh, dinner time." Brought a bottle of wine. Yeah, let's drink, fellas. Yeah, cool, man. This is gonna be great. And then they start they start talking. So they're like, "Don't be mad." <laughs> so I know we just told you, but we know that this is uh, gonna come a little bit out of left field for you. <laughs> but you're fired. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks for the wine. Get out. <laughs> you can't have this back, by the way. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a sign Boston's going into rebuild? I think the bigger sign will be ultimately what happens with Pasternak here. Uh, but I, I do think with, uh, the, with, with Charlie McAvoy, 
with the con with the contract and the assets they just gave up for Hampus Lindholm. Uh, I do think that they have a like a core on defense that they have to win right now. Um, and so I think they're going to, and some of this will like what's Bergeron doing? Um, because if they, if they, if they have to trade Pasternak and there's no, uh, and Bergeron retires and goes home and he's just out, whatever they get in return for Pasternak, will it be enough to keep them afloat? I don't know. I think there's too much talent on hand to rebuild because they would have to do like Ottawa and go scorched freaking earth. Yeah. I don't think I I struggle to see that one happening, but I think they could get and they they could end up in the Dallas zone. Here's a couple of nice players competing for the eighth seed every year. Mm. So I was just about to say they they are starting to regret they've been a top tier team for over a decade and they're yeah. starting their regression. And the, this is maybe the most painful part of when your team starts to go the other way. Yep. When they you get, you get stuck in the dreaded middle for a few years or longer. If you don't decide at some point, we have to go the rebuild route. Yeah. Like you look at the Minnesota wild for years, they were always somewhere between seven and four in the West. Never really did anything. Never really were picked for much of anything. Yeah. But they, they well, and that's where they maxed out. Where where these guys right. maxed out, they they won a Stanley right. Cup decade ago. They lost a game seven in the Stanley Cup finals three years ago. So they at least had a maxed out where you're like, hell sure. yeah. There's well, I'm just mostly saying that like, era. Yep. Like like this this zone they're entering into, this yeah. is maybe one of the most challenging zones. One for a team and two, like for a fan base, because they're good enough that you they're going to the playoffs every year. And yeah. you have some good pieces every year. Are they so are they at the point where they write the letter like Rangers the Rangers did <laughs> and three years later they're on the precipice of the cup finals? Or yeah, yeah. uh or are they just gonna skip the letter part and just keep trying to compete along the way because that's well, the worst that might be the worst place to be you're so you expensive about, and you're mediocre yep think about the red wings the red wings and they like openly talked about after the fact that they kind of sold out to keep the playoff streak alive yeah. and they and were like, like that was the, specifically the thing we want to keep making the playoffs because that right that, that like we we have an NHL record here. We're trying to extend this as long as we can. We owe it to our fans to not just give up on this. And then once it ended, they were like, "Okay, well, it ended. We have every excuse. Get rid of everybody." Yeah. Well, but but like, what is hard is you can make the argument that them doing that has is actually going to probably lead to a a prolonged rebuild because they didn't have some of those draft picks. They didn't have some of the assets. Um, Boston, like you said, maybe not this year, but if they trade Bergeron, I'm well, he's a free I'd agent, be... it's, it's retirement time for oh, Bergeron. Right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I meant Posternock. I'm sorry, yeah, Posternock is that's a, that's a whole other. What do you do with the goal scoring right wing who's got a year left on his deal if he refuses to sign an extension with you? Right, and even um... if he does sign an extension with you, how do you now build around him? 
Right. Well, and, and, and it's hard because yeah, Bergeron probably retiring, uh, Brad Marchand still not there yet, but like you're getting, he's what, like 34. Yeah. You, you know, you're starting to get there that in the next few years, you'll be having that conversation. Uh, that's not really someone you build around. Um, they're, they're just entering into kind of an awkward situation and the firing of Bruce Cassidy, you just, I don't know if that tips their, their hat in either direction. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm not sure about the Cassidy thing either. That seems like a weird domino in the middle of what was already going to be a tough right. off season. Right. Um, but I, I do think that it, look, if they wanted to open up shop and they wanted to say, Hey, we're not, we're not tearing it down. But we are going to open up the phone lines. Jake DeBrusque, uh, David Posternock, Charlie Coyle, like some like solid players. Maybe a Taylor Hall, even like, hey, we'll open up. We'll open up the phone lines on a, on a couple of these guys, and we'll see if there's interest. Then, okay, like that could be a that could be a landscape changer because you took you you take three or four of those guys and you put them on different teams. Uh, Boston obviously goes down in the immediate yep. and then somebody has to ascend, but also those guys are going to make differences wherever they go, wherever David Posternock lands. What's, you know, what, depending on the price, but that's, that's a high end goal scorer for you. So right. that's a, that's a, that's a big piece. That guy, go, that wherever he goes, he's going to be on the top line. So uh, this is another thing that's really interesting to just when you're talking about the Bruins, how like you said, they, they peaked, they had a really good run. You go back to the 2015 draft. Yeah, they botched it. Three picks in a row. They botched it. Three picks in a row. And when you look at the 2015 draft, the first round is loaded. It's an all time great draft class that they botched. And they blew it with picks 13, 14, 15. And you sit there and you say, had you made uh, <laughs> $2 from Jacob, should rename this pod to Two Kings Talk About Hockey. Thank you very much for several reasons there. Holy shit. All love. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, thank you times five. Um, but, you know, if the Bruins hit on even two of those, we aren't. We probably aren't talking about is it time for them to rebuild? Or, like they're they are starting their next wave of yeah being a top I mean, tier Eastern Conference team. I mean, it's that's a tough one because it's easy to be like, oh, well, they could have picked this guy or this guy or this guy, but really, like you, they they done goofed. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, and like it's it's always easy to sit there and like go back and. Oh, they could have like like how many guys, how many teams are gonna be kicking themselves for not taking well three. Three teams will will always wear the criticism that they passed on Kale McCarr. That stuff happens. Yeah. But like you picked three players in the middle of the first draft the first round, and behind you left. So and it's funny because dozen. Of those three players, Zaboro was rated right where he was picked. That that pick, not surprising. DeBrusque was a bit of a reach, and Sunition was the big reach. Sunition was a 
this guy would be we were talking about Sinition for the abs in, in round two, um, like with like the 40th pick that year as like, hey, this guy would be an interesting pick uh, uh, in that area. And they, they they it was just two big reaches. And especially with Matt Barzell sitting right there. Kyle Bonner. The other thing, the other the thing that killed me about the Zaboral pick, you obviously watched Zaboral. Yeah. How is it that you watched Zaboral on the same team as Thomas Shabbat and came out of that watch yeah. it and saying Zaboral's the guy that I want? Because I did that scouting. Those were guys on my list that year. I remember watching those those games and I, I came out of that. And I was like, there's a lot of things I like about Jakob Zaboral, but Thomas Shabbat is the truth. I loved Thomas Shabbat. And I don't know if I could see it. I feel like an NHL GM probably should have had that one too. So, and, and then, and then like letting, just letting Matt Barzell just be there. Seriously. So, so the Bruins picked 13, 14, 15. They took defenseman Jakob Zaboral. Left wing Jake DeBrusque, and then right wing uh, Zachary Sinition. The next three picks, so those were 13, 14, 15. Picks 16, 17, 18 were center Matthew Barzal, left wing Kyle Connor, and D uh, defenseman Thomas Shabbat. So literally, Boston took two forwards and a defenseman. The three picks after them were two forwards and a defenseman, and all three of the players taken after them have been have been NHL All Stars. Uh, Kyle Connor scored 40 goals this year. Matt Barzal has been to two Eastern Conference Finals. And Thomas Shabbat plays on a terrible Ottawa team, but, I mean, is like an elite. He's a number one. Defenseman. And so, you know, it's not even like, oh, well, they were looking for. Yeah, it's not like when people are like, oh, they should have drafted Sebastian Ajo, who was like a 40th ranked (laughs) prospect. Right, right. It's, it's. The, the three picks yeah. that went right after them, yep. and you, you, you again, you even maybe you take Zaboral still over Shabbat, but if they yeah. take Barzal and Kyle Connor, like the, it's it's probably like they're probably still playing in the East Finals right now. Yeah, and somebody in chat said that they might have won the 2019. That's a great point. Cup and yep, it's crazy. Um, AJ, we're gonna have all kinds. Of I would say a bunch between. Of- Blowing that and blowing the Tyler Sagan thing. Uh-huh. You could definitely be happy with the cup that they won, the cup that they almost won, and still look at this era of the Bruins and, and say, what should have been? What could have been more? Yep. What could have been more, dude? Yep. Um, Shit, man. And, they and, even blew the I, Joe Gordon thing back in the day. I think a lot of it... <laughs> and, and, and I agree with you on the Sagan thing. Was the 2015 draft... Still Shirelli? Uh I I don't actually know. The, I don't think so. I think it was I think it was think. I think it was Sweeney. Uh AJ, what else you got for today, man? Uh my big question I, I wanted to talk a little bit about free agency and we kind of ended up on a sideways path, but that's okay. Um first of all, um Talon from the comment section says that he has a good bad food take for us. We are Perfect. always down for Yep. Good, bad food takes. Um, um, you off here for this super chat. 499 yeah. from Will. Off topic question. Since the KHL lost a lot of their foreign players, do you think a lot of Russian players go back home for playing time? Um, 
No. I don't think so. I think I think the KHL is running into a bunch of issues, and uh, I, I think players that are solidified in the NHL are, are not going to mess with that. Uh, $1.99 from Martin. Uh, Fitz, please fire rough and hire Cassidy. I beg you. Yeah, the uh, Devils have a lot of stuff they need to do this summer. God. <laughs> that's, that's a team that I I find interesting, but also forget exists. Yeah. Uh, so super chats always. The uh, the the one question I want to ask you before we get out of here for today, uh, we don't have to get super into it because um, we'll have time. But free agency coming up, uh, most interesting free agent storyline for you. It could be a UFA or an RFA. Ooh. Oh. Because Johnny Gaudreau sits atop the free agency board. Yep. Is that a guy that you would give big money to? I mean, he had 115 points this year. So and it feels weird to say this, but is that a guy you would give big money to? So. <sighs> it's hard because the teams that I think will give him big money are teams that I don't think should give him big money. Um, I think there's going to be teams uh, that are going to try to make him a, a centerpiece, the guy. Well, he's going to get I, a million dollars or whatever, so that is absolutely true. He is yep, going yep. to be whoever, – whoever gives him that money is going to make him a big part of it. Yep, and uh, – it's just interesting because I, I think the last couple of years in Calgary, he's kind of showed he's maybe not the guy. He's a very good player, um, but maybe not the guy. Uh, I think uh, Fiala is a really interesting one in Minnesota because I, I just don't think they can keep him. Guys, and Johnny Gaudreau had 14 points in 12 playoff games, so – he might have had another slow start to the postseason, but the whole can't can't perform in the postseason may I didn't not. Say that. I, didn't I know say that. it's it's happening in chat, and it's oh, a common well. it's a common thing. I uh, mean, he got he got eaten up by the abs a couple of years ago, and so I think a lot of people remember that. Yeah. Um, Nordique's gear is always legit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Five dollars from Miss Truly here. Uh, I asked this yesterday. Too late. But his new, new Nordique's gear just as legit as Avs gear. Hell to the Maybe yeah. even more so after after last year's reverse retros. Let's be honest. Anytime an Avs fan sees Nord's gear, they get excited. Dude, so I uh, I was actually in Dick's Sporting Goods the other day, and they had the the blue ones that Adidas is doing. They're just you know they're not like game. They're just blank blue Nordiques jerseys, and they look so good. Yeah, nice. I love uh, I love Nordique stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase my question as well, uh, with a, uh, let's assume that Gaudreau leaves Calgary. Okay. What do you think of the teams that can actually spend money? What do you think is the best fit? You know where I actually think he'd be fun? Is and it I've Seattle? Cause my answer is Seattle. No, my answer is Anaheim. 
Oh God! Next to Trevor Zegras? No, please. The the world can't handle that. <laughs> like he just like a line of Gaudreau, Terry Zegras, or is Zegras a center? Yeah. Okay. Well, then just pick one of those two guys. Well, because Gaudreau on the left where he plays, yeah. and then, uh, well, I guess yeah, Gaudreau and Terry could be interchangeable on wings with Zegras. Right. In the middle. That could be fun. I agree. Fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 fun, super fun. Um, and you it know, probably would... would not count as fun to watch him go to Seattle and watch Dave Hackstall turn him into a checking winger, <laughs> take all the good out of him. Yeah, I mean, but I could see that get to go be like kind of the face out there. Yeah, big money. Um, stays, I, you I, know, out west at least. I know I've heard a lot of people tie Johnny Gaudreau to Philadelphia. Um, he just doesn't seem like a flyer. He really doesn't. He seems like the anti-flyer. You know what I mean? Like, like Philly is one of those teams where. What does New Jersey need Johnny Gaudreau for? <laughs> well, he's from. Oh, he's from Jersey. He doesn't. Yeah, the the Devils. The last thing the Devils need is another high-end forward to give money to. <laughs> it's like literally the last thing that they need. See, but like, I just in in Philly, I. Seriously, like the Flyers only seem to bring in guys where it's like, oh yeah, that like that's part of the reason why I think a lot of people have tied Nazem Kadri to Philly. Like Nazem Kadri just looks like a Philadelphia Flyer. Oh, dude, I would bet you money uh, that the Flyers absolutely fuck with Nazem Kadri in the offseason. Oh, dude, yeah. There was a couple of people talking today saying that they think there's a chance Kadri takes a discount to stay. I would be curious about it, but I I want to do a full thing on this, so I don't want to touch on this too much right now. Yeah, I really don't yeah. want to get into the Kadri stuff right now. It, it, I, I just yeah, we won't get too far into it. I, I yeah. just don't know. Um Yeah, but but you know, Gaudreau, I, I do, I think I, I think he's leaving Calgary. I, I do. I also wonder what happens with Evander Kane. Yeah, Kane, like I said, Kevin Fiala. Um and who's the other big RFA that I'm thinking of? Fiala is tough just because of the RFA status. But he will have a fascinating because I don't think I don't think Minnesota's gonna pay him. I, they can't listening keep listening to Bill Guerin talk about it, like talk about Kevin Fiala where he's like, he's a nice player. He obviously had a great year for us. We liked what he did. We felt good about that. And that was it. It was. It wasn't like we're really excited to bring him back. We're, <laughs> we'll do whatever we can to keep him here. We envision him having a long future in Minnesota. None of that. He was just like, he had a great year, and we were excited about that. Dude, this okay. is. Uh, we 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 normally talk about how free agent classes are really overblown. It still could be. A lot of guys it still have to be. get the market. It could be. So, but I do feel the like... The goalie they... class isn't very good. The D class isn't very good. So it really relies on those couple of guys that are forward at the tip top. And, and but like, do, is it just me? And maybe this is just me, like, hoping for some chaos because it's been so long. But like, this does feel like the first year where it's feasible that a few of these guys actually get to the open market. Yeah, like, like Kadri is very likely to get to the open market. Uh, what's going to happen with Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh? So, 
So if Guinea, so listen to this Philip group. Forsberg, is he really going to get $9 million in Nashville for them to just run back a team that got bombarded in the first round? Like, these, this is going to be. These are some of the names uh, that right now are unsigned. Right now. If Guinea Malkin, P.K. Subban, Claude Giroux, Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, Marc-Andre Fleury, we think Bergeron is retiring. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Alexander Radrov, sounds like went back to Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Boychuk, Philip Forsberg, Andre Palat, Max Domi, Nino Niederreiter, uh, Vincent Trocek. Nino, Nino Niederreiter being like your maybe like your 10th or 12th best forward right. in free agency. In a, in a normal year, he'd be like your 5th best forward. Right, right. Andre Burakovsky, uh, uh, Nazem Kadri, um, Darcy Kemper, Ryan Al, Strome, Al Josh, Josh Manson, David Perron, uh, uh, Val Nachushkin. Like, this is very clearly going by salary because I know all these guys, how is. much money all yeah. these guys make. Yeah, 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 it is. Uh, Nikita Zadorov, Ricard Raquel. Um, like, like there's, there's going to be some players that aren't high, high end, but like, there are going to be a lot of free agents on the move this summer who are impact players who will make some level of difference on their new team. There are currently set to be in the UFA market. There are currently set to be 17 guys who had 20 goal seasons. And if you remove Bergeron from that list as he's either retiring or definitely staying in Boston, he's not going anywhere else. It drops to 16. And then you add Fiala in from the RFA market. Yeah, those are just purely UFAs because RFAs don't really – there's not usually much movement there. Yeah, Fiala is the one that I do think we will get some – I do think some... Fiala gets traded. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you have a guy like Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp's another one. At <laughs> 50 points this year. What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? You know, like, it's – it's such an interesting. You know, Vincent Trocheck is a had a fifty point season as the as the the two C in Carolina. What's up there? Right. So, like, there's so many good players, like good players that you can have conversations about in free agency. We're looking at Andre Palat, like right. in his in his thirties, has had a good career, gets forgotten about in that Tampa Bay machine. And it's like they cannot afford to bring him back. They just can't. They're out of money. And who knows, right? Like, who knows where that guy goes, what kind of deal that gets. But that will be a guy that people care about when he goes somewhere. He's going to make a difference. So it's going to be a fascinating market. I'm actually really excited for kind of like the offseason free agency stuff this year. Because I think it has the potential to be a true chaotic summer where a lot, a lot, a lot of big-time impact guys move teams. And, like we kind of talked about off the top, it's even more fun and exciting because it's only a few weeks away and we are still covering the abs in the Stanley Cup final, so it's not like we have a month of building up and endless shows of speculating and all yeah. that stuff. We're a month, uh, we're almost a month exactly from the opening of Free Agency. Should be fun, man. It's uh, it's gonna be really exciting. Like you said, this feels like the first summer where there's real potential for big moves to be made. Um, a lot of guys finding new homes. Uh, AJ, always a blast just turning this thing on and and 
kind of you and I just going until we run out of stuff to say. I uh, always love chatting with you, man. Word. It's Friday, so that means we're uh, we're off tomorrow. Full day off for the abs tomorrow as well. Uh, no media availability, no practice, nothing. Uh, so it'll probably be pretty quiet from us as well. We'll be obviously working on some stuff behind the scenes as we ramp up for next week. Um, I have to go through and keep pulling some 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 tape uh, from from these first three rounds. So I'm going to get on that. AJ, I know, is working on all kinds of stuff himself. Um, yeah, I'm about so, to be going working on my overcooked skills. I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go get my video game on while I can. Hell yeah, there you go. Yeah, like I said, we 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 have like we're getting off this show, and we have pretty like the abs are back at it Sunday. So we'll be you know I'll be back at it. We'll be back at it on Sunday. But tomorrow is a is a rare day where there's like it's lined up where we have nothing, the abs have nothing, and it's just a day to enjoy yourself. So. We are going to go start enjoying ourselves. We hope you guys enjoy yourselves. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on and listening. Uh, shout out, as always, to the man making sure you can hear and see all of us. Yeah, here. Uh, always appreciate what you're doing for AJ Hayfley and for Yah here behind the glass. I am Jesse Montano. This is the DNBR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys so much for listening.